Conan doesn't have to be as clean as the other ones. Like, you can say shit on Conan. And uh, the first one, I had this set, I had a shit and a dick. And he goes, you have to pick shit or dick. You can't say shit and dick. It still needs to be kind of clean. We can't have both. Uh, so he's just like, let me know which one you want to say. I love comedy. And I cut out the, uh, I cut out shit mm. and kept the dick. Okay. Because um, I ran it with, I, I, and that's one of the things where I was like, I'm going to run it with only shit and then I'm going to run it with only dick. Yeah. And uh, dick worked better than shit. Hot breath. What's up, hot breath of verse? You're in the right place. Yes, it is I, your host, comedian Joel Byers. And you know what time it is. Hot breath. It feels good to say that here on Hot Breath episode number 157. We have been doing that for 150 episodes now. Every single one annoying my wife a little bit more and more every time, which makes it totally worth it. And this is a nostalgic episode for you here. So if this is your first time tuning in or you've just caught up on a couple of the recent ones, you got to go back in the catalog. This week's guest was our second guest ever. Numero dos. Hot breath episode numero dos. And since I've interviewed this dude, he's been on Conan twice. Comedy Central multiple times, Just for Laughs in Montreal. Like, I interviewed him right before he moved to LA. So you can go back, and this episode, his first episode, will be linked in the show notes. So you can go back and hear his first episode and then hear where he is now just a couple years later. It is absolutely incredible. He is an incredible comedian and also a savvy comedian. He has a very great way of navigating the comedy network. You know, if you've heard some of my other episodes, you've heard people break down show business as the show is a job and then the business side is a job. Well, my guest today does a good job at both jobs. So you're definitely going to want to take notes. This is a winner right here. One of my favorites to date. I'm not trying to pick favorites here, but there's a lot of good gems in this one. And before we even recorded this, he stopped by my uh, comedy class and spoke to my class for like an hour answering questions and all that jazzercise so if you're interested in hearing him in a more kind of intimate environment just talking to newer comedians and answering a bunch of their questions you can head on over to our patreon i posted it up there there's a video of it so you can actually see and hear all of it but um that'll also be linked in the show notes if you heard a uh, bonus episode last week i Revealed, we do have a Patreon now, patreon.com slash hotbreathpod. That is where the comedy network lies, you know. I talk about turning Hot Breath Beyond a podcast into a comedy network, so on there, you're going to get exclusive content, just like me recording this. They have a cool feature on Patreon I didn't even know about called Lens, where I can actually go live and interact and engage and uh, it's only up for 24 hours. So I'm going to post a video of me even recording this and behind the scenes. And a lot of you had contacted me about just wanting to know more about the process and learn more about building out the network and how you can help. So there you go. You ask for it and you shall receive. The Comedy Network has now launched and it's over on patreon.com slash hotbreathpod. So thank you for your support. We've been churning out free content for over 150, this is 157 Hot Breath episodes now. 
So, tis the season. It's around the Christmas time. If you need gifts as well, I just launched an online store with all the Hot Breath merch. That'll be linked in the show notes as well. But that is it. A lot of exciting news here in the intro, I know. But let's get to the interview, okay? I know you're getting a little antsy. I'm like, okay, Joel, what is this? This is just a commercial for you saying, oh, you're actually trying to monetize this platform you've been building for three years for free, averaging 15 hours an episode of work. Um, well, I mean, if you put it that way, <laughs> sorry for trying to come up, you know, my bad, my bad, hot brother and sister. Sorry for trying. Sorry for trying to apply myself so that I can then reinvest the money into building out the network. You know, I have big ambitions for this. I want this to become like a not only a comedy network, but a comedy publication where there's a whole website and there's a whole blog and there's it's there's a whole vision behind this. And the whole point of the Patreon is to be able to start to make that happen quicker. And with your help, we can start to build out this platform to what I think we all believe is the potential of this. If you look if you look in the comedy game, there's no one really doing what we're doing here. So with your support over on the Patreon page or in the merch store, we're going to be able to build up that website quicker and get that international exposure that I think, based on your feedback, we all believe is the end result of the quality we're providing here. So that being said, we have a quality interview for you today. Yes. So I said all that to say. There is only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath with Caleb Sinan. Oh, man, I, I saw Burt Kreischer uh, right after that. Uh, what was it? Joe Rogan gave him a huge uh, bump, but then it was that... Uh, that machine bit. Did yeah. you see that bit? Yeah. That went, like crazy viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like in Russia bit. And uh, I was, I don't know him personally, but I was in Denver when he was in Denver. And I just went to go check out his show. And he, you could tell he was like, he was like, I've never, like, they, I think they added like five shows. After the He was doing viral. like Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh-huh. And he was just staying in town. <laughs> Like did the weekend and then was like doing like he was like well they're added three more shows tomorrow night, I mean he was just selling out selling out selling out he was like this is like amazing, that's what's good to see with people at his level though is like someone who did it the the long way mm-hmm. like just hold on I forgot um, hold on I forgot we have water now too oh as shit you're, as you're drinking your water. ooh branded water that's for you oh yeah Fontas water I love that. But we got local Georgia mountain coolest water for the hottest podcast. Hey, oh yeah, we made it. <laughs> we made it. Cheers. So that's for you, man. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, doc. Oh yeah. Mm. Every episode will now begin with a a nice cold drink. <sighs> he knows it. Oh, I know it. <laughs> I know it, baby. I'll go to like open mics and I'll like sometimes I've gotten introduced as he's Mister. <gasps> hot breath or like people will do it in the crowd i'm a hot brethren my sister's a hot sister and we out i here. know all the shit <laughs> what's up what the fuckers <laughs> what the fuck buddies it's hot breath you've been down keep you, it crispy you were episode two man yeah episode That's, two. i wore this shirt 
before. This is the OG logo I made yeah, yeah. before realizing, oh, design could matter. Yes, it could. So um, this was the one I made, but this was our first merch ever, and I had to wear it because you were our second episode ever. Yeah, that Dude. was uh, that was back in the day. Ground floor of Hot Breath. And that was ground floor of Caleb Sinan. Right. I wasn't shit. <laughs> you, I picked you up from the Marta station. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. That's when you really know. Like, uh. And the, the great part was you were just about to move to L.A. Like literally, I think that week. Yeah, you was were that moving. Week. So um, I'll link the, the first episode in the show notes because this is like pre-LA Caleb and then you move there and then I feel like in a couple months you're like on Conan and I was like wait what happened? wait what what I felt the same way I was like whoa <laughs> it made me feel like uh like life wasn't real mm -hmm. I was like I'm gonna move to LA and do Conan and then I'm like that exact thing happened I'm like that what are the odds like yeah that was just absurd to me that uh that you can just think something and do it and I'm like could I just do anything like you know and I'm like, could I be an astronaut? Like, I don't want to be, but I was like, it was just crazy how quick it happened. Uh, and how, people couldn't believe it. Yeah. How, how it. did it happen? Well, uh, I moved in July and at the end of the month I did, uh, just for laughs. Right. And the booker saw me at just for laughs and they booked me for September. So it was, uh, two months later and then I did Conan. Oh, so two months later you, I didn't realize it was that fast. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you do, did you know you were doing Montreal before you moved out there then? I knew in June that I was okay. doing Montreal. So I knew for a few weeks. Okay. Uh, I don't think, it, well, maybe a month. I Where'd they see you? The Laughing Skull Festival. And uh, uh, you came in second. Came in second. Right. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but then now I'm like, oh, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It was more about, uh, more about getting seen than winning. And you always want to win. And coming in second is like. It's coming in second. It sucks because you get your hopes as high as they can be. And then they're dashed. Uh, if you're eliminated first, it's like you, your hopes are, you know, they weren't that high. <laughs> uh, so I keep trying to, it's like when you get to the world series and lose, it's like, don't get me this excited. Who won? Uh, won the Dodgers. No, do you remember who won the <laughs> laughing skull fest that year? Oh, of course I do. I'll think about it till I die. <laughs> <laughs> it was Grant Lyon, and uh, uh, no, I, I love Grant. We're, uh, we're friends. And, oh, uh, good. But I, every time uh, I, I do think about it. Some, I mean, I'm not mad anymore. Well, clearly, <laughs> but at the time, and he also did have a better set than me. Like well, yeah. I was at the show. He, he had the best set on the show. He killed. Like he destroyed. And I was like, he deserves to win. It's interesting. You said it's not always about winning. It's about being seen. Have you found that yeah. to be the case in all your success? Really? Yeah. Um. It's uh. It is still, it's a weird career, but it's still a career. Um, every time someone gets a promotion in some real industry, uh, it's usually because of who they know or, or something. Uh, it's not always who's the best and people are like, oh, it's not fair. I mean, not, a lot of things aren't fair, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, if you, ha if you bomb, but someone who is important likes it, that's better than having a good set. <laughs> as long as you have a good, you could bomb and the Conan Booker likes your set. And then if you, as long as you kill on Conan, it's all good. Right. Uh, some crowds are wrong. <laughs> and it takes like a professional eye, yeah. like a Conan Booker to be like, uh, that wasn't the best audience. I know what comedy is. And that yeah. was comedy. At one time he messaged me and was like, uh, you don't have to send me a video. He's like, you can just use your phone recorder. He's like, I know what you look like. <laughs> huh? And I was like, Oh, okay. Thanks. Is that uh, how, um, you got the second go around? Cause you've been on Conan twice mm -hmm. now. 
Was the second submission like a phone video? Uh, the second one, he saw me do it at, uh, it was another festival. It was, I think, Bridgetown. Oh, and uh, okay. he was like, all right, uh, can you send me, a, uh, let's just record it on your phone and send me that set again. I was like, okay. And then, and then he called me at like five in the afternoon and was like, can you do it in the morning? Like uh, tomorrow, like 2 p.m.? What? The car picks you up. And I was like, okay. I think someone had canceled uh, that day. Uh -huh. I was like, we need someone for tomorrow. And uh, I'd already done it before. So he's like, ah, whatever. He won't be that nervous. He's already done it. And the set's ready to go. So yeah, I had less than 24 hours notice. And what, what, it was great. What was going through your head? Like, were you kind of panicking? Or like, what do I do? I didn't have I'm time like, to panic. I, oh. I, as soon as he said, can you do it tomorrow? I was like, all right. And then I messaged uh, a show that was near my apartment. And was like, can I... I'm doing Conan tomorrow. Can I run the set? And they're like, of course. And then so after, I mean, I sent the email. They emailed me back. I went to the bar, ran it, went home, went to sleep, woke up and then did it. You only ran it once? Well, I could only run it once. I didn't know if you were, I would have tried to cram like five sets in that night and be like, oh, oh. no. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Like the night, the first time I did Conan, I didn't yeah. run it the night before. Because I'd already, I knew a week in advance the first time and I ran it and I was like, okay, it went good. I don't want to get tired of these jokes. I don't want to get, you know, I don't want it to feel monotonous. And I was like, the night before I'm going to do all different jokes and then tomorrow I'll be excited to do these. I didn't want it to be like, you know, going through the motions. Yeah. Take us through the motions of getting on Conan because... All of us as comedians will see a Conan set. We'll be like, oh, awesome. They did it. They climbed that mountain. But all we see is like the five minutes or whatever it is. But what is all like the behind the scenes that we may not see? Well, uh, Conan doesn't have to be as clean as the other ones. Like you can say shit on Conan. And uh, the first one I had this set, I had a shit and a dick. And he goes, you have to pick shit or dick. <laughs> You can't say shit and dick. It still needs to be kind of clean. We can't have both. Uh, so he's just like, let me know which one you want to say. I love comedy. And I cut out the, uh, I cut out shit mm. and kept the dick. Okay. Um, cause I ran it with, I, I, and that's one of the things where I was like, I'm going to run it with only shit and then I'm going to run it with only dick. Yeah. And uh, dick worked better than shit. How many times do you think you ran that set? That exact set was a lot. Cause that's a set I did in Montreal. So I ran it. Um, it was pretty close to the set I did at the festival. And then it was pretty close to the set I was doing in Atlanta at the time, like a, a five, seven minute set. And, uh, those, those are all, I've been doing a lot of those jokes for at least like a year, maybe two. And then there was a couple of new bits in there, which I didn't expect him to like. I was just like, Oh, those are new or whatever. And he goes, no, that, that needs to be in the set. And I was like that. Mm. Uh, so I was a little surprised <laughs> by some of his choices, but I, for the most part, I was like, <laughs> I was building my late night set anyway um as good as i could guess what it would be like and so he only made a couple of cuts oh like it. what well um he would be like well like and he has very interesting theories for why you you should cut certain things and he, he would use terms like going back to the well like if you have oh. similar punchlines where it's like this is one where you talk about something 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 and then at the end you kind of pull out the rug and be like because i was in the thing the thing and then and it's like a reveal of like uh that's funny because you didn't know the entire time that it was my mom or some or whatever that he's is. not a doctor he's a janitor yeah right and then if you're if you have another one like that he's like well those are similar so uh within five minutes if you get two laughs that are two the same I don't think it'll hit as hard. Even if it does well, it's like for a, 
for a five minute piece, it's uh, it doesn't make as much sense. And I, which I think is true. Yeah. Um, and it's not something I really thought about before we would work on sets. And uh, he also really likes, um, especially for a late night set, uh, I think about classic, uh, just classic stand up, like uh, like one of the jokes I would do. That's just easy to remember, easy, like fun, like in the second one where I said, uh, uh, people think I'm a nice guy, but it's really just that I'm from the South and I treat everybody like they have a gun, which is like a quick little, it's not alty, it's not... Uh, care, it's just me saying a thing like people think this, but really it's this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, and that always gets a laugh. Like, and it's one of those ones where I was like, I bet he's going to like that. It, that's that's a guy in front of a curtain on TV. Hey, like it's just a classic thing. But he also likes weird stuff. But I think he likes a mixture of it. And uh, I would love I like getting different kinds of laughs. Like I would have yeah. like. Here's a one-liner. Here's a big act out of my dad. Here's something silly. Here's uh, just to have a variety so that people are like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's got a whole bag of tricks. So he can do more than just a kickflip. Yes. He can like grind and like do a backflip. Right. Like. Anybody with uh, that's showcasing your talent for an audience, you want to you showcase it. You don't just want to show them, uh, you know, you wouldn't juggle for five minutes. You juggle and you balance something on your head and then you do a flip. Uh you would never on America's Got Talent. Like everyone has to like, here's, here's all, here's a few things I can do. That's gold. Yeah. That even for like your submission tape into one of these late night shows. Yeah. That's, that's something you want to check off the list. Yeah. Show them a little bit of what you got, you know? Um, Cause you're saying, Hey, to even though I'm not, it's not like everyone in America watches it, but um, comedy fans, you know, a lot of people watch Conan online and stuff. And uh, it's kind of your intro to, Hey, I'm, I'm in the scene. I'm in the mix here. And, uh, I mean, for me, it was, I was hoping people would see me on Conan and be like, Oh, I want to book them at my club. Mm-hmm. Did Which, that happen? It did. Uh, it took a while, but, uh, you know, people end up seeing it. And, uh, I think a lot of clubs, they sit down and they book their whole year in one week, like one sitting, they're just like, boom, 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 boom. And then it's done. And, uh, but yeah, now it's like, I, to me, it was an odd <laughs> Conan was great. But uh, I feel like the Conan clip existing on the internet is like an audition, a permanent audition tape. Like, oh, maybe he'd be fun for this or this web series, or maybe he could write on this. You know, it's just out there forever for people to look at. Yeah, it's a good quality tape to have. Instead yeah. of you submitting it from like mm-hmm. this shaky camera in the back of a bar, it's like, no, here's me presented professionally with good audio, mm-hmm. good, good video, and a nice overarching kind of experience of what my like workflow is yeah and i think people like because I, I mean that's the way i felt before i did conan i was like watch those clips and yeah like oh this guy uh but yeah it, it was a fun uh it was a fun experience for sure and yeah. both times very exciting after seeing you on conan like you said it's like i moved to la and then got on conan too much it kind of lets you know what's possible yeah so even seeing you get on conan it was like oh yeah People do it like I was just talking to him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's not there's like we can take this. It took the mysticism out of like climbing Mount Conan or whatever. Yeah. And like it was a goal for a while, but I think I had the wrong intention where I was like, I want to be on Conan. So comics think I'm cool. But right. I want to do it now for like like you showed me it's possible. So yes. like I want to do it from Atlanta to be like. Look, it is possible, just like Dusty Slay from Nashville yeah, yeah. has been on Kimmel and Fallon while living out of Nashville. Oh, yeah. 
So it's inspirational. Yeah, it's very inspirational. And it's uh, it's just a crazy thing. It's crazy to be able to, uh, for it to be, because as a kid, I would see comedians on late night and be like, these are gods. Yeah. These are like, and it's like, no, they're not. These are, <laughs> they're just people. They're just people doing stand up. Uh, I mean, I, I remember well, when Atlanta had the improv, I won't say his name because the dude's hilarious, but he had just come out with a half hour. He was headlining the improv that weekend and it did not go well. And you like see me like, oh, he has a half hour. And then it was not the the, yeah. the hour. He had a half hour, but that hour set. Yeah, it yeah. Not, <laughs> it was not there. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason it was a half. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, the, but yeah, he, he didn't show him that other 30 minutes. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's like people, uh, you, you think these people are bulletproof and it's like, nobody's bulletproof. Yeah. Everybody can bomb and it's going to happen. Yeah, I love you, it. It's, it never doesn't entertain me. I'm like, there it goes. Yeah. You just had one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to have one some more. <laughs> yeah. We all, are. I keep having them. Uh, yeah. But Chappelle I, got booed a couple. That's what keeps me. I'm like, Chappelle got booed a couple of years ago. Everybody bombs. Yeah. Okay. It just, sometimes it just doesn't work. Yep. What are some of the main reasons you have you found that maybe it just doesn't work that night? Um, sometimes you are just not matching the mood. You're just, you're really, um, have you ever, you ever kiss someone and their lips are like cold and you're like, <laughs> Oh no, you know what I mean? Oh, and they're dead. But, uh, <laughs> like you're just, um, like you both want to kiss. You're both, you you both would like to, you both like each other, but it's just the chemistry just doesn't. And maybe it was good before, but it's just like, this is just not the night for us. Mm-hmm. It's just not working out. Um, you know, or sometimes you, you'll just eat something and be like, I'm, I'm sick of eating this. I, I don't know what it is, but sometimes it's just something in the air and you're just, you're just meeting them, you know, I don't know why it keeps coming back to kissing, but like you try to kiss someone and then you just bump teeth and it hurts. Uh, It just kind of takes the fun out of it. Um, And sometimes you're just like this crowd and me are just not getting on that same wavelength. Uh, Or like you should have addressed, you should have addressed something and they're at first they're weirded out. You didn't address it Um, or you fumbled a word and then you did address it, but then that got them distracted and they didn't get your first punchline. And then you, you, deliver the next joke in a sort of a sour mood because the first joke didn't go good. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, I don't like this energy. Yeah. This sour energy. And, uh, or you didn't watch the comedian before you, you didn't watch their set. And uh, you, you opened with a similar joke to one of theirs and they're like, what didn't he, now they're confused. Like, is he in this room or did he just get here? Did he not know? And now they're distracted. I mean, there's so many things. And then sometimes you just don't know. You're like, I don't know what I did wrong. Um, You know, it's just like in a relationship where you're like, she's mad. (laughs) Don't know what it is. Uh, But or or he. (laughs) Sometimes you recover and sometimes you just go down in flames. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then uh, you just got to take those L's because they happen and you learn from them. I mean, it makes you better Um, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I I say that just so to hope. I think bombing makes you better for sure. I think you learn from your failures. Yeah. Do you find the more confident you are on stage, almost the more confident the audience will be in you. And then like when the confidence shrinks, like if one joke misses and your confidence starts to shrink, then the audience starts to shrink. Do you find that? Unless it's part specifically part of your persona that you're mm-hmm. like a nervous, uh, like a twitchy comedian or something, or like your thing is that you're like a sheepish, you know, see, so you see people do that, but they're still de- delivering that character 
like if you're auditioning for a role of sheepish guy, you can still go in there and crush that audition. Uh, and someone can be doing a bad job of being sheepish and not get that part. Right. So I've seen people that like Adam Sandler, I love, and he's got that great, like, eh, you know, like, but he's killing it at that. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, he's, he's really delivering on that persona. And, uh, you know, I think a crowd can tell when you're like big dick swinging, Hey, this is a killer opener. This is my killer follow up. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. And I think they have a good time that way. You know, it's like a rock star wouldn't be like, <laughs> uh, is this a good guitar? Like, uh, you know, you, you've got to sell it. If it fits your persona, though, I think self-awareness is a big part in stand-up. Yeah. You got to know how they see you and yeah. what you look like, yeah. what you seem like, and uh, how you take the stage. Um, how were you able to discover that for yourself? Failure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd be like, well, I really thought I could be like Eddie Murphy. And I just realized that, oh, he's Eddie Murphy and I'm Caleb. And I I, I can't be Eddie Murphy and I shouldn't want to be. I need, I need to be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's still a work in progress. But it's like once you realize what you're like and you watch yourself on stage and you watch people react to you and, oh, this is a way I can win them over. I can't come out guns blazing all the time. Sometimes you got to bring them in and then ramp it up. And um, every crowd is different because it's a different combination of people on a different day. Um, and some days you got, you got to say something. Some days it's like, I mean, politics is always a thing where it's like, if sometimes you got to address that. It's weird if you don't. Sometimes it's weird if you do. They're like, come on, we've had enough. Right. And you just kind of have to gauge it and be a person in the world. Like, are people sick of this kind of thing? Are they not sick of it? Um, You see some people, they do like 1980s style gay jokes. And it's like, I think people are sick of that. For sure. I don't know if you're like fingers on the pulse anymore. (laughs) But uh, it seems like like you've never met a gay person in your life. You really think that? Okay. Uh, It's just, and you can tell the crowd's like, oh, we liked you. And then you said that. And sometimes you can tell the second someone loses a crowd and they don't know they did, but they know they're gone. They're like, which one? (laughs) And you can see them being like, but uh, sometimes it's like you were killing it. And then you like, it's like, you just like, surprise the crowd with a finger in their ass and they're like no <laughs> it's like i mean we liked it but then you did that and mm. yeah i discovered when i got angry like genuinely angry yeah the crowd would shut down i yeah. can get sarcastically angry but i would find i would lose audiences in the middle of a set if i was just like started like getting angry about something like no why is baby face yeah. baby boy getting angry like it, it didn't translate with what my like delivery system is yes and it's sometimes it's people think they're doing a better job of masking their anger than they are mm-hmm. and it's like that's even worse when 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 you're like oh he he doesn't know we know <laughs> and crowds once they feel like you're not in charge or oh he thinks he's in charge like it's like a mutiny they're like uh-uh you, mm-hmm. you don't tell us what to do anymore and uh it's and sometimes you can tell when the host walks back up and they're like, <laughs> it's almost like they're in on it with the host. Like the host knows that he didn't he didn't get us. And uh, it's I hate that feeling when you bomb and then the host goes back up and goes, well, yep. <laughs> even if they're a nice host and they don't like roast you afterwards, uh, you're just like, all right. And then you hear them do a joke and get them back. And you're like, oh. 
And sometimes you open really big, and then every yeah. joke after that like, just that? gets sequentially worse. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, like oh, boy. I peaked 10 minutes ago. Yeah, it's the worst. How, how have you been able to, in your experience, sometimes you can get them back, and sometimes mm -hmm. you never wrestle them back. But what have you found to be effective in wrangling them back in? Um, well, there's... If you, it depends on what lost them. Like sometimes I'll, <laughs> I'll lose them. Uh, I'll go too dirty too quick. Oh. Um, and they don't trust me yet or they don't like me yet. You know, I haven't, uh, I, I was doing good, but I was doing good cause I had some solid jokes and then I'm like, all right, let's do some dirty jokes. And they're like, mm, we don't, we don't know yet. I don't know about that. We were laughing earlier, but it wasn't because we like you. It was because of the jokes. And now that's something we need to like you for. Right, right. You know? uh, like uh, that episode of Seinfeld where he's like, you want to help me move? And he's like, I don't know if we're there in our friendship yet. <laughs> and that you just kind of jump the gun on certain things. or um, So I try to figure out, okay. And sometimes it's hard in the moment, on the fly, like to be like, oh, I got I to gotta try this. Um, but a lot of times addressing it and being like talking to the crowd for a minute or interacting with them or you know just being real for a set like uh the other night at the laughing school i was just like i was just kind of felt like ah, i didn't like my last set that it was good but I, I just didn't really feel like in it like i wanted to yeah because you know how it feels now like i've done that club enough to know how it feels when you're really cooking and i was like ah, i just didn't feel like i was really in there and then the next set i was like because what was on my mind because you know when you can talk to someone and they're just not there with you you're like oh you're thinking about your uh, taxes or something right we're not we're not connecting and i was i was really thick because i hadn't seen any of the brian kemp stacy abram stuff i'd been keeping i've been keeping up with the california stuff and i hadn't followed the georgia the georgia race and then people were showing me stuff all day like you haven't seen these brian kemp ads and they would show them to me and they made me laugh so hard because i couldn't believe they were real he literally said i got a big truck in a political ad he told us he had a big truck <laughs> It made me, and it killed me. That's all I could think about. And I was like, if I were, if this crowd were my friends and I want them to feel like they're my friends, if I was meeting them in a bar, which this is, we're drinking, I would go, have you guys seen that Brian Kemp shit? Like, that's how I would talk to my friends. Yeah. And I was like, even if this doesn't kill, I want to talk to them about this because this is on my mind all day today and it would feel weird to not let this out. And I can do my prepared stuff other uh, otherwise, but... uh and that really made, it put me in a good mood. It did well. The rest of my set did better than my set before. I just needed to say it. And that made it more conversational. Yeah. And like more, cause like stand up person, you're, you're hanging out. We're hanging out. That's the, that's the, the allure of stand up is like, oh, he's just thinking of all this conversationally. Mm -hmm. It's the magic trick. Yeah. And sometimes it's easy. Some crowds are easier to fool than others. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of them want to be fooled. It's like going to see a magician. Oh uh, um, yeah. And I had this bit I do, like I, I try not to wear glasses on stage so I can use my eyes more, but uh, I'd like to do, there's a, an impression of Mike Pence I do with my glasses, uh, but if I don't have them on, I'll just take someone's glasses and use it like that. Like, can I borrow your glasses for this impression? And uh, last night, someone, this lady was just super drunk. It was her birthday. She had a big birthday sash on. Oh my god! And she's like, well, just like talking in between every joke. And then she's drunk and she's like cleaning her glasses and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you're not even watching me anymore. You're taking a break. Okay. You're really participating now. You're like, I don't even need to see him. And uh, so I was like, can I have those? And I took her glass. And then people thought I thought of that 
because she took her glasses off. But I'm like, I've been doing this bit for like a year. Boom. But there are people came up to me like, oh, the, you were so in the moment. And then the thing, I was like, I'm glad you think that. But I mean, when I saw the glasses, I was like, this is going to be perfect. This is going to look so fun and organic. And it was fun because I was like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of my bit with the glasses. Can I? I didn't tell her that. I was just like, oh, let me have these. And then right. I did it. And it, people thought, oh, it's like it's so cool. But uh, it's just that's part of the thing of like being a comedian. There's a reason they came to see you live and then just watch you on YouTube. They can do that for free. Mm-hmm. But uh, to give them a little something like I don't have anything about Brian Kemp on YouTube because it's new to me. So it was. Fu- it's just fun to be able to interact with them sometimes. Have you been able to find, cause your, your style is, I mean, you're only seven years in, mm-hmm. I mean, you've been on Conan twice and comedy central and last comic standing, all this jazz. They leave anything out. Is there anything else you want to boast? Laughs on Fox. Laughs. Laughs on, laughs on Fox. Perfect. Perfect. I taped a, a bossip special that never aired. Oh, so nice. that's my claim to fame. Oh, and I taped roast battle that never f- aired either so oh yeah grateful both never came out in hindsight oh yeah very grateful but um in you being so early into comedy you have been able to it seems like you have you've you've clearly you know i've interviewed people 15 years in who are like you know i think i'm just now starting to get this comedy thing Mm -hmm. so at every level i think we're always like well it could be better what you know i i think oh i discovered this part about me that i like performance style or whatever but you being only seven years in and seeming to be like you've found your quote voice at least at least more than most people at your level. How have you been able to do that? Would you say? Um, well, I mean, I'm chipping away at it. I'm Mm -hmm. not where I want to be yet. I mean, one of the cool things about LA is I'll see everyone. There's a lot of great comedians in LA, but all the best comedians from London, New York, Atlanta, everyone at some point, you got to be there for something. Or do you just want to be there for something? Because it's like, it's a place that you go. Yeah. Um, even if you don't live there, you go there sometimes. So, I, I mean, I get to see almost every comedian I want to see. Almost everybody who's really great. And, I mean, I'm like, I was on the stage, I've or I've been on that stage, and I know what it sounds like when I'm up there, and it doesn't sound that good. <laughs> like, I'll be like, I do not kill like that. Mm-hmm. And the people you see kill like that, they're always like 20 years in who I'm like, that is like, they're doing some work. That is like, wow. Uh, and so I still know, like, even though I, I've done some things and I've, I've further along than I thought I'd be, I still don't have that 20 years in like master of comedy feeling. Oh, totally. Not. Um, yeah. So I think I've, I'm like, I just chipped away and, and found a little bit of gold, but I don't feel like I'm like, in the zone, like, a you know, Bill Burr or, Oh no, uh, I wasn't I mean? trying to imply. Yeah. I was just saying only seven years in, you seem to be like ahead of the curve in terms of development. So I didn't know if there was specific techniques or tips you have for other comedians, maybe how, what you've had to learn the hard way you could kind of share with them. Well, this helped me or listening back on my set that helped me develop this style or like, you know what I mean? Well, I, um, I, it's it's like saying, oh, you got, it's like the old days when people literally had to go to like Oregon Trail to California. You know what I mean? Uh, and I went <laughs> without anything. I went with like a bag and a horse. I didn't have a carriage and a family and like all this stuff. And they're like, well, you got pretty far. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't have anything. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I put every th- part of my life on hold. 
because I had that option at the time. You know, starting at 19, it's like I have I, I, it's, it's easy for me to drop everything because I don't have anything. Right. I had to I brought my two bags of stuff to L.A. You moved with your girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. OK. Uh, have since broken up. So, no, it's fine. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So, well, you know, I'm not on Facebook like that. Uh, well, we didn't do a breakup post, but uh, <laughs> OK. <laughs> I don't know. I could use 400 likes. <laughs> I love a good breakup post. Do you ever read those? No. Oh, I, fun. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I'm not on Facebook like that. Yeah, it's uh, I <laughs> people like think they got to do a press release. They'll be like, you may have heard. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. <laughs> that is funny. You you mentioned before the show, one of your um, you posted about bombing on stage and that got more likes than your post about getting yes. on Conan. Yeah. Which is funny. Well, people people love uh, <laughs> when you do Conan, a lot of people are happy for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not. <laughs> Oh. Uh, a lot of people are like this guy's doing Conan. Mm, uh, you know what I mean? Like, there's that. That's a thing, and it's also there's nothing that funny about that. You can be funny on Conan, but saying I'm doing Conan, it's not that funny to say. And you could try and make it like a fun, goofy post, like, "Hey, I'm doing Conan, but hey, I gotta still got up tomorrow because right. you can kind of make it a lighthearted thing. But no one's like laughing out loud at your Conan announcement. But like, I, I did one the other day where I said, um, I. I just bombed so bad the crowd asked me how I was doing tonight, mm-hmm. which is like a Dangerfield-esque, like, hey, uh, which is just funny. Like, why would the, <laughs> the crowd's like, are you okay? Um, and that got more likes than either time I did Conan. Because <laughs> I think people are like, ah, oh, you know, he's a dra- you know, everybody bombs and comedians relate to it. People who don't do comedy are still like, yeah, I've seen people bomb. Like, that's a painful experience, but mm-hmm. he's making light of it. It's just more fun to... I love talking about bombing because it it's hilarious to me. Have you ever been booed? Yeah. What's what is your worst? Because I I love talking about bombing, which I think I may have started this before you were on Hot Breath. Um, but I now ask every guest their worst bomb story because I love talking about bombing and laughing at people's bombing expense. So what's your yeah. worst? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I told laughing. you this story, but um, it's a it was when I was in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. It was my first feature weekend. I was very excited to do it. I was doing 30 minutes, five shows. Um, and the first show I bombed bad for 30 minutes. I bombed so bad that I accidentally did a joke twice. <laughs> but it didn't matter. I bombed the first and second time, just like all the other jokes. Oh. Like dead silence, icy, stony silence, stares, frowns. How many people? It was a full club. I mean, okay. I, maybe 150, how okay. big that club is. And um, so I did, and and all the jokes I was doing, I mean, I, I was trying everything. I, I, I think I did every joke I'd ever thought of because <laughs> I, I probably did an hour and 15 minutes. I was doing things I've been like, maybe I've I've never even said this out loud, but I'm out of things to say. Right, when you, you guys bomb, everything laughing. shrinks. Oh yeah, <laughs> my whole life, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I did like all my jokes, uh, and, uh, and I, you know, whatever my premature ejaculator joke, little penis joke, I'm broke doing taxes joke, nothing, <laughs> nothing, everything, dirty jokes, clean jokes, everything bombs. And the headliner goes up and, uh, he crushes, he goes up there and goes, give it up for Caleb. He's, he's got a little dick. He comes fast. He's broke piece of shit. Give it up for him. And they laugh so hard at him summarizing me and roasting me. They laugh. So, and he crushed. Uh-huh. And then, so the next night I go, uh. I'm like, man, I ate shit. I got to switch it up. 
And uh, so I'm like going through all my notebooks and stuff. And so I do a different 30 minute set and uh, that bombs too. <laughs> but the headliner didn't watch me the second time. He's just having a drink in the bar. And he assumed I did the same set. So he goes up and he goes, give it up for Caleb. He's got a little dick. He comes fast. He's a broke piece of shit. And they, the crowd like was furious with him. You could hear him going like, <gasps> like, oh. like they were like, well, you're so mean. He wasn't funny, <laughs> but that's not nice to say about him. Whoa. And uh, then he bombed. And so I bombed, I bombed so bad. I like ruined his, his oh my, but that's awareness. Like you said yeah, earlier, he didn't not watch taking set. the temperature of the room, but that was one of the worst bombs I ever had. Cause I, when you bomb so bad, you, you repeat a joke. Uh, and then it, you, there's no recovering from that. I mean, it was like, and I, I, it, to have your whole act bomb where I was like, oh, none of me. You guys don't like any of me. You mm-hmm. guys don't like my riffs. You don't like my crowd work. You don't like my new jokes, my old jokes. You don't like, yeah, like that is a, a full rejection. And the 30 minutes is long enough to where you're like, oh, I didn't get them in five. But maybe if I would have had a longer set, I was like, nope, nope. There was nothing I just failed. Yeah, hard. I've bombed in a 30 minute set and it's like quicksand about 15 minutes in after mm-hmm. it feels like an hour 15. Yeah. I look down and I'm like, every time you try to fight, you get deeper and deeper into the quicksand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like, what well, I sometimes I'll be like, there's a way out and I can't find it. You're just not that skilled yet. I just don't have the, the enough tools in my toolbox yet to find my way out. And there's some people that you, even when they bomb, they eventually find their way out a little bit. Right. And you'll be like, like the whole, Bill Burr is always the exact because like his whole thing, his persona is such a fuck you guys thing anyway, that when he bombs, you're kind of like glad you're like, oh, I, you want him to look at the crowd and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, too much for. And then then he's then he starts going in on you like, oh, we're at the comedy store. You know, it, whatever it is, is funny. But um, that's like we, we can think about yeah but bill burr does this but then it's like that's like looking at tom brady right throwing like a 50 yard touchdown you're like but he throws a football just like i throw a football yeah like, we both throw we both throw but oh it, shit oh no oh no, oh, no. fontis water that's how mad i get when you bring up tom brady. oh no do we have a towel yeah I, that's just like equipment caleb well i just Wait. really wanted to drive home the merch <laughs> Fonta's water cleans up well. Well, this is, uh, what's really funny is this is probably what people are going to remember about the podcast. <laughs> They'll be like, remember when Caleb spilled water? <laughs> Nothing, um. I'm sorry, guys. Anything, el- oh, I didn't even see like that. I just saw it miss the plug, so I didn't panic. Yeah. Is that cord all right? No, it's fine. Oh, okay. That's why I like played it off because like, okay, there's nothing getting wet down there. But then I was like, oh, the mic cord. Yeah. Where it's connected. Uh Well. Shout out to Amon Garner. Shout out. Bold Koi Podcast Network. You think after all these shows, there's always a bottle of water on this. I still don't know how to use one. You know, even like every now, I would notice when I was taking a drink, I would like put the lid back on. I noticed your lid wasn't on. Oh, boy. But I didn't want to disrupt your gold comedy. Couldn't have disrupted much more than what I just did. We're talking about bombing and then you bomb on a podcast. Oh, yeah. That's a real bomb. (laughs) (laughs) I bomb in a studio. As we're talking about bombing, you're like, well, let's bomb here, too. Yeah, Yeah, I can. I can ruin anything. I won't boo you, though. You did say you got booed? It, what, uh, yeah, I mean, that? the last time I got booed, uh, I just, like, I assume, like, I assumed all, I used to do a lot more political stuff than I do now. Um, I mean, I like to talk about, poli- but that's what I love about podcasts, is that kind of gives you the uh, freedom mm. to talk about it. 
Because uh, sometimes you can really lose a crowd with political. You can lose a crowd that agrees with you with political stuff because they're just tired of hearing it. Yeah. And they just don't want to deal with it that day. Um, but one time, I mean, I just really guess I misjudged it. And I was like, I had these political jokes. Um, and I and I I should have just told the jokes. But sometimes you feel like you have to go, hey, um, you know, explain your beliefs before. But I realized you didn't have to do it. One time I was just like, yeah, I voted for Hillary Clinton. But I and then I had these Hillary Clinton jokes, uh, which I thought goes, oh, like if you love Hillary, you're like, I don't want to make fun of Hillary. But I was like, no, I voted for. Her, so but I do have jokes, but I'm on your team. So don't worry. Right. And um, and if you hate Hillary. Hey, I voted for it, but I do have some jokes about it. I'm not blind to the humor of, of, you know, making fun of her or whatever. Um, so, which I thought was reasonable, but the crowd started booing before I got to the, finish the premise. They booed me for voting for, and I was like, wow. Yeah, but is, I'm about to tell a joke about it. Like I'm not, this isn't a rally. And then I just realized like, I don't know if I should even bother with saying it because yeah, to get booed for that, like what? And then the rest of my set just blew. They just hate it. Like, like they were just like, I don't know if it was, uh, it was all, it, everyone in that crowd was either Trump or Bernie or something. And they just mm. hated, they just did not want me saying that. The fact, the quick reaction shows yeah. like, expect politics can be divisive, mm -hmm. but there are some jokes you do where I'll have a feeler where it's like, okay, if they laugh at the first part of the joke, I'll go into the three tags. But if mm -hmm. they don't laugh at the first part, I will veer off to yes. another joke. I'm a, I will abandon any joke for sure. Um, but then I, I, I kind of learned from that where I was like, you know, a lot of people have political jokes. Almost everyone's got these, uh, I, I want to show the crowd more of my thing instead of, I mean, it's like every late night comedian has them uh, yeah. and they're ha doing it at the high level that everyone sees. And there's what, 10 of those shows. Uh, so if you want that, watch that or, you know, go see Lewis black or whoever you, you like to get your political comedy from. Cause I was like, it's not really my thing. It's not how I, I'm not like it's Caleb, the political comedian. So it's not like part of my, th I don't have to do it. And I was like, I, I just feel like it's kind of a waste of time and it pisses people off more than anything. That self-awareness. Uh, yeah. Again, even though I thought I had some pretty funny Trump and Hillary stuff and Bernie, stuff, I thought I had like interesting takes, but I just, I, I, I don't know if it was worth it for how often it scuttled my whole set. And that's what I uh, found is like, I would, for a little while, I was trying to have a message and be like, we're, <laughs> we're outsourcing labor to China yeah, and these yeah. kids are making iPhones. And like the jokes were funny, but they weren't really connected to me. Mm -hmm. And I found when I started to get more personal with my material, I have found ways to start weaving that point of view in. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't just some kid up there just being like, this is what's happening and what's wrong. Now that it comes through me instead of me like pointing right. at it, I found that can help like kind of make it a little more palatable. Yeah. Well, you don't want to come across as a crazy guy yelling on the street. Yeah. You know, when someone comes with you, starts handing you something and they, they got a big sign and you're like, ah, mm -hmm. I'm not going to listen to anything you're saying because you're surprising me and you're shocking and you're making me uncomfortable. But if one of your friends goes, hey, man, you know what they're doing is really fucked up and you got to help me out. With it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is you know, now that you put it that way. Um, but the whole in your, I'm just not an in your face and some comedians are like, that's their style is in your face. And I'm just like, I have to kind of act like I just thought of it where I'm like, Oh, isn't that, huh? Well, I wonder if, uh, cause I can't, I can't do the Lewis black thing. Oh yeah. So it's almost like you, you, you can say it, but it's more unassuming. It's not as like, um, it's not as 
personified maybe i don't know if that's the word i've pulled out my liberal arts degree for that no one. i think i know what you mean you know it like lewis black is like i'm angry and saying this and you should listen but if you you say it a little more just sly and a little more like subtly it comes off better than just this is what's wrong yeah okay yeah to go like um to i like to act like uh like if, if i were going after something i think is wrong in the world I would I would go for it in a in, in a story and be like here's an like hey this happened to me the other day and this guy didn't and then like tell them about a thing that happened that oh they tried that and it didn't work which is a part of the bigger reason this this ideology ah, that I think doesn't work doesn't okay work. great but instead of being like if you think this you're dumb I'll go this guy did this it didn't work this guy is dumb not you or whoever you voted for but mm-hmm. like and then kind of because no one wants to listen to you and your side are stupid or you and what you believe are stupid or you know the people don't like that as much yeah I, I, I learned from a Roy Albanese I worked with him at Punchline a few like last year maybe now but he was like EP of Daily Show for a long time and now he's doing stand-up mm-hmm. and I, I like had these had these more like political jokes or I'm just like telling this crowd at the punchline like 50 year old parents mm-hmm. how the world works and he's like think about how you're coming off on stage like you're like this young dude trying to tell these people how the world works yeah it's like think about how like what you're saying think about how it's coming across through the filter of you mm-hmm. and that really changed kind of how i deliver and how i approach material well i you know you got to think about what is joel what mm-hmm. how do how what made me get into comedy who was I making laugh when I had that thought, you know, what, what, what do I like about making people laugh? What makes me laugh? And, uh, to, to be more genuine because it's like, uh, I didn't get into me and my friends before I did stand up. We weren't sitting around talking about China. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Never did that. Right. It's like, we're just, you know, um, and you, what you find funny can evolve and stuff, but it's like, I, I try to remember what, (laughs) what i what i actually like to do and what i actually think is funny instead of what what i'm like utilitarian like oh i had i said that and that's funny and you know to try and really be yourself so you pay attention to how you're funny in conversation and take note of those yeah because i think that's more me Mm. uh than stage me but i want stage me to be as close to me as i can which is not what steve martin is amazing but that's you know his whole thing is a character that's that's really funny but um i I, i'm trying to be more um even if it's silly me like like even if it's even if i'm being dumb i want to be dumb the way i'm dumb in real life right the way i'm i'm being like playing an idiot when i'm hanging out with my friends uh because that's my well that's still the funniest thing in the world to me is to act like you don't know something just be in it and be like oh or, or like oh that's oh wait are we and then they're like oh no you idiot that's fun to me and uh that makes my friends laugh. So I'm like, that's probably, that's all I know is effective, really. So maybe that's how, and like kind of circling back to you only seven years in, but finding a unique style about you, at least maybe part of that is just paying attention to what and how you're funny in real life. Yeah. And then taking that to the stage. Yeah. Interesting. Um, like I, one of the ones, this doesn't really work. I tried it on stage like once or twice. It worked okay. Um, but uh, I was talking to one of my friends about politics and something. He was like, I don't know. She's kind of a radical feminist, and I don't really know if I agree with that. And I was like, radical feminist? I was like, what does that mean? She wants rights really bad? 
and like everybody laughed because I know that's not what it means. Mm-hmm. But the first thought I had about it was like, what makes it radical? Like a non-radical feminist is like, I want them, but I'm not going like, to try. Uh, I don't want all these rights. Um, but it turns out what it actually means is not funny at all. It's uh, someone who they're a feminist, but they don't believe trans women deserve. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, you were they, they're like, no, you were born a man. You don't deserve. So that like a radical feminist is, is like radical. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, but that's just one of the things where like I knew it didn't mean that. But saying, oh, is that what this mean? And then people laugh. That's funny to me to. My dumb first thought, and then, but then going, oh, that's probably not what it means. But then pretending I didn't realize it, yeah, um, is that's one of my favorites to do. Is oh, even like your first uh, on your first Conan set, your opening joke was something that just came out in conversation mm-hmm. that you ended up opening up Conan with. Yeah. So it's like when you when you have these moments, like when you are funny in real life, do you write these down? Do you type them in your phone? Like keep track of them yeah some of them i i still fool myself several times a year and go that's so funny that's like my new closer that's the best idea i've ever had i don't even need to write that down oh right i forget it 10 minutes later yep Uh, and i'm like what was it i remember and i'll be like oh like so i try really hard to write it down or put it in my phone as soon as i have the thought even if people are like oh you you writing that down you're writing one of your bits down You think you're going to, and because people will make fun of you and be like, oh, is this a bit? You're doing a bit? Is it a bit? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's my job. Yeah. You guys all laughed and that's my job. <laughs> so maybe what I said to y'all could work from other people. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is the most work I have to do is two seconds to put it into my phone. So, And that's something I learned from having uh, Noah Gardenschwartz on here yeah. was he was talking about honor the thought. He's like... Mm-hmm. I, he doesn't, if it's two in the afternoon or two in the morning, he's like, if, if you think it's funny, honor it by writing it down. Yes. Don't just be like, uh, maybe not. Or I'll remember it later. He's like, no, honor that idea mm-hmm. and at least give it the justice of writing it down. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a hard job, but how hard is that? You know, how hard is writing right. your thoughts down? Right. It's pretty easy. <laughs> so give it a shot. And I still, I mean, I know this, it's one of those things, you know, it's like knowing McDonald's is bad and then I'm still eating it. Of course. Two weeks later, like, well, I'm still, all right. I'll never learn. <laughs> and then you know, even and when I'm like, how do I learn a lesson and still not learn it? How do I know <laughs> what mm-hmm. to do and still go? Mm. Maybe it just wasn't time to learn yeah. it. Yeah. You know? I don't know. But yeah, I st- I'm better about it than I used to be, but uh, still not perfect. I still think I've forgotten the three of the best jokes I've ever thought of. Just but even even for like when you do a set on Conan, I had um, I interviewed Jacob Williams on here who was on Colbert. Mm-hmm. And he said there was an actual there was a teleprompter with his set list. Is yeah. that the same at Conan as well? They give you that option. I didn't use it because I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to look back at the clip and be like, oh, that's me looking back at the tele. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I was like, I if I can't remember these five jokes, I don't need to be on this. And some people are different. I'm sure it's comforting to know I'm not going to forget my spot. Um, but for me, I'm like, most of my jokes are about a minute long. Mm-hmm. So I only need to remember like five. Some people have those quick jokes where I'm like, I'm glad you, ha- you would need that if you have like uh, maybe 13 quick jokes yeah um you wouldn't want to forget them but uh for me i was like i've run this set so many times i i I won't need it but even down to like gestures and like how dialed is in is like that conan set like down to like every breath you've pretty much choreographed pretty much yeah Uh uh 
uh, and which is what I would want. I'm there's some that are like uh, in the second one. I had that the bit I closed with was about being pitched a terrible joke, <laughs> um, which was I love doing that bit because it's it's me telling you someone telling me a bad joke. So laughing or not laughing is funny because of that. So that was that bit is funny because sometimes it goes different just based on when they laugh and why they laugh and uh, you know how they laugh because mm-hmm. it's just a different kind of thing. So that one wasn't as dialed in because it was like who knows how it'll go. Um, it always got a laugh at the end, but I was like getting there was so fun because you never know when they're gonna realize the <laughs> how bad it is. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun to have some that aren't as uh, scripted, but for the most part, it's like you know. All the way through. Yeah. Even like I noticed, because I'll, I'll use your first Conan set as like a case study in my comedy class where I'm like, we'll look at the before and after versions of these jokes you're doing. Mm-hmm. And one of the main differences is um, you condense the setup and you're talking way slower, mm-hmm. way slower, like slowing down on stage. I found power in it, but there's also still a hesitation of, I'm going to slow down. Oh, I figured it out. And then one time slowing down isn't quite working. Then you speed back up and you get jittery again. Like, have you found that to be a big difference in your comedy? Yes. Some crowds, uh, some crowds are laser focused in and like a very polite, quiet, good focused crowd. And those are the ones that I like to, uh, you can kind of take it slow or, or, or you just kind of feel it out how it's going. Like, it's like you kind of build them up and then, okay, we got the ship going now we can turn or, or whatever. Um, and then there's some crowds that are kind of rowdy and you kind of got to get them mm. up top and then you can bring them in and kind of like slow it down or something. But, uh, it just depends on what they're like. Like I would definitely for like a bar crowd, I would be faster, louder, quicker and dirtier. Um, cause that's what is, that's what being in a bar is like. Interesting. You're yelling at your friends about sex over beers. Usually that's what's happening. <laughs> so why would I, why would I treat it differently than what it is? We're in a bar, uh-huh. but if you're in a theater, uh, and there's all ca- kinds of plays, but when you're in a theater, it's just a different feeling than a, than a bar or a comedy club, but just to match the venue, like, um, match the venue, match the venue, match the audience, match the energy. Um, you know, if some the guy before you was doing fast, loud, and dirty, and it wasn't working, you might not should do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it might see he may he may have guessed wrong. He was like, "Ooh, fast, loud, and dirty," and then nope, nope, you misjudged it. Um, and the, and that's why it's great to go last. Going last is pretty great because <laughs> you get to see a lot of failure before you. Well, you're also like you're touring around and headlining a lot mm-hmm. now. And in looking at the business side of comedy. In our first interview, you talked a lot about even just your opportunities. Like you would just email everyone. Even last comic standing, yeah, you got the audition them. from just emailing them. Yeah. So I was all. I've always been impressed with your ability to network and navigate that aspect of quote show business. You know, the show is a job. The business is a job as well. You yeah. seem to be good at both. So now that you're out in L.A., like what are kind of some of the business practices you've learned from being out there? Um, LA is a, as a specific beast and, uh, you kind of got to figure out, uh, how you fit in that lane. Hmm. Um, everyone in LA, uh, Dave Ross told me this, a great comedian, very funny guy in LA. And, uh, he was like, 
because I always hate when people move to LA and go, it's hard. And I'm like, what did you think? (laughs) What did you think? (laughs) Right. You think because the sun is shining, that changes it? (laughs) It's great. Like, surfing. Like, no, no one is surfing. Mm. People are hunched over their computers trying to beat the game, you know? And he's like, this is the final level. This is the boss level. It's hard. Why would beating the game be easy? Everyone here is trying to make it. People who made it in New York move here to try and make it here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're trying to get no one in here is trying to get less famous. So I think about that all the time. And it's like, what what do I offer you? Because I didn't move here. It's like the old I didn't come here to make friends thing. It's like I do ha- like friends and I would like friends. And I like making new friends. But that's not why I moved to L.A. I know why I moved there. Uh, I moved there to advance my career and do L.A. specific things that I could only do there, you know, TV. uh, I mean, now it's Internet broadcast, like to be broadcast out Mm -hmm. to a larger audience and who's doing that (laughs) and how do they see me? And uh, I hope they want to do that with me. I hope they want to work with me or someone I can work with to broadcast ourselves, you know, out somewhere. Um, so I, you, I always think about what can I offer someone? And, uh, I, I try not to think about what I, they can offer me as much as what I can offer them. Ooh, so that's gold. it's like the old JFK thing, like ask what you can do for your country. So I'm like, what can I do for LA? Um, and a lot of times it's, uh, <laughs> that I'm reliable and I'm available. Uh, and a lot of people are like, don't tell people you're available. I'm available. <laughs> uh, they're like, oh, seem busy. I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> busy? What are you talking about? Um, so maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. But what's been working for me is that um, I show up on time and I like to hang out. I like to have fun. And I always try. And, uh, you know, people put me first on shows a lot because, I, I, you know, I probably am not going to offend that many people. As long, as long as we're not in a church or something. And by the way, I'll do a show in a church. I've done it before. It's, I'll just be clean. It's, it's not a problem. I've been in church. Yeah, you um, grew up. You grew up in one. Grew up I in can do that. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I try to fit the thing and do do the job. And uh, in L.A., there's also the, this economy of spots. Everyone wants a diverse show. No one wants to be known as, hey, don't I don't do that show. They only book straight white guys. Uh, you just don't want to have that reputation in LA because they're like, oh, what, well, yeah, you only like straight white guys. What do you? You just wouldn't want to be known as that. So everyone wants to have a diverse show, but the scene is overwhelmingly. <laughs> we are overrun with straight white guys. Mm. It is a big chunk of the scene. Every show I go to, there's 15 standing in the back waiting. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, it's just the supply and demand. There's way too many of them. So it's like, how can you stand out? What can you offer that they can't? Right. And uh, a lot of times it's that I, I'm standing 15 feet from the stage. And if someone drops out, I'm right there. <laughs> but that if, you, if that's your, you know, obviously if you're famous, it's different. But it's like a lot of times it's like we need to fill time, you know. Uh, and guess what? I can fill some time. Just like with Conan. I mean, they're like, Oh, we need you tomorrow. You're like, Oh, okay. Well, I'll be there. I'll be there. You don't need a flight or a hotel. (laughs) I'm just right here. Yeah. So, uh, to, and that's what, that's why I moved there is Mm -hmm. because I need to be there. Cause you know, you might not be everyone's first choice. Uh, that's why auditioning exists because everyone has a first choice. And you know what? Tom Cruise might be busy. 
Uh, you know, that's how people get careers. Tom Cruise couldn't, can't do every movie. If he could, no one else would have a career. He'd be in every movie because he's the greatest. And we all know it. Everyone knows it. He still looks 30 years old. Um, so, and that's literally auditioning wouldn't exist if, if everyone had the first choice. Auditions are filled with third and fourth and fifth choices, but you better, if you can be the fifth, the best fifth, if you're a fifth choice and the four couldn't do it, you got it. Boom. It's you baby. Yeah. So that's the whole game to me is, uh, Hey, I'm getting that mix and, uh, throw those dice as many times as you can and you end up getting stuff. Um, and, you know, work, working hard and trying and being pleasant to be around is worth a lot. Um, you know, if people, if everybody in L.A. has been, everybody in L.A. is pretty funny. Like you go to a show, you'd see 10 comics. They're all pretty funny. I remember two of their names. They're all pretty good. But, uh, boy, after the show, me and this guy hung out. He was a fun guy. We went out, did karaoke and went to those and get and then you get it. Um, ah, hang out doesn't always work. I mean, if if you hang out and you fucking suck, <laughs> they're like fun hang, but we'll never book him. Right, right. Nightmare. He got booed. So you still got to be good, but it's like um, some people just seem too cool for school, and it's like you know, like we were talking about earlier with festivals. It's like who do you want in your festival? Do you want you know guy who's uh, on his phone, not hanging out, uh, before the show or after the show is always like, can I go early and leave? It's like, do you want to be here at all? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I threw this festival cause I want to have some fun. Uh, and comedy's fun. Like people forget sometimes this is supposed to be fun. This is the whole point. We're trying to entertain people and it's easier if you're having a good time. Like that Sandler special, never seen anybody have that much fun. He's having, it makes you love him. You're like, guy's having a good time up there. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's really funny. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, in, in LA, that's, that's, that's the way I've been trying to do it. And, uh, you know, um, and it's also like, you know, I, I try to be a genuine guy. I'm not trying to be like, Hey, who wants to have fun later? <laughs> who produces content? Right. You know, you try not to be like gross, but, uh-huh. um, you know, I do like, to, I'm always confused when people don't hang after I'm like, what do you got tomorrow? I know you don't have a day job, right? I got to get home and get a, a good eight hours, then wake up and sit on my computer till my show. Like what? I've struggled, dude. That's, it took me a long time and I'm still like trying to be better at it. And by trying, that means I'm not doing it clearly. Yeah. If, if you're, oh, either, yeah. you're either doing it or you're not, there but is no try. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, I would never hang out. I would always, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a comedian and I'm, I'm an artist and I, I gotta, I just need to do my stage time and leave. Like I, I've like never hung out. And the few times I have have been beneficial, mm-hmm. but it's something I still, I just don't, I just don't, I don't know why, but it's, well, you want it to be organic, uh, and that's what I love about LA. People go, Oh, I hate LA. I hate the actors. And then, and I'm like, I don't hang out with actors. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? I hang, there's um, you know what? 10 million people live. I don't know how many people it's millions of people. And I'm like, there's, there's eight or 10 that I really dig and I hang out with them. And if they have friends, we can hang out, but I'm not, I'm not going who put You work at a paramount who, but uh-huh. you know, right. To just, um, you do what you're passionate about and do what you like and have fun doing. And you'll probably run into people similar. If you just do it long enough, somebody's like, man, I really dig what you do. Uh, you're a fun guy. Uh, I'd like to work with you. It'd be fun. Uh, no one gets a, sh- hopefully you don't have a show business job for 
other reasons. Yeah. Why would you just go, go to a business business and make a lot of money, <laughs> you know, instead of betting on artists, which is like, who even knows? Like sometimes they've a hundred million dollars in a movie and no one likes it. And they're like, well, we did our best, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's such a crapshoot, but, um, there's, there's some cool people in LA. I know a lot of people like it's a phony fake and all that. And it's like, of course it is. Every city's filled with that kind of stuff. But, um, I found some cool people out there that I like to work with and it, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's like, if you're phony and fake, you'll attract the phony and fake. But yeah. If you're real cool and authentic, you'll attract those people. Yeah. And I, you know, the way I, my life and the way I grew up is like, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm a simple guy. I want to do my set and then hang out and, and have fun after it and mm-hmm. keep laughing with the funniest people alive. Why would I not take advantage? I'm, I'm friends with professional comedians. Awesome. That neighbor Gatsy bit where he's like, my wife's like, Oh, you never laugh like that with me. And he goes, I hang out. With, my friends are professional comedians. It's a pretty good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it's like yeah i like this i, I like i i would never want to just do my set and leave i mean sometimes you have to because of scheduling or whatever but it's like i i love the offstage part mm-hmm. i love hanging out with people and being like uh like one of the cool things about the conan booker is he's met and worked with like every great comedian you can think of he's mm-hmm. been doing that job for years and he has so many fun inside stories about what's happened behind the scenes and it's like, why wouldn't you want to talk to that? Why would you just use him as a cog in your machine of like, I hope he likes this set so I can get it. Get like, he's <laughs> turns out he's a really cool guy. Uh-huh. You don't want to just know this guy. Like, even if you never do Conan, this is a cool guy to know. He's got great stories and he's funny and he has great taste. Like you don't just, and I think people can kind of tell when they're being used. Um, yeah, yeah. People, especially at that level, the people you want to work with, they they know the difference. Yeah. And then they're like scared of him, like like, oh, there there he is. Uh, I don't know if I should talk to him. It's like, what is this high school? Just, like, just be come cool. on. Uh, I think what helps is having goals as well, because that mm-hmm. that'll give you direction and almost confidence. And maybe not being nervous because you have a goal to get on Conan. Oh, and you bump into the Booker at Conan. You're like, oh, this is this was supposed to happen. It's not like, oh, no, there he is. It's like, oh, no, I'm supposed to go talk to him Mm -hmm. because this is part of my goals. So I think goals can almost be um, like a good credential to have to kind of give you confidence to pursue things that maybe outside of what's possible. Well, it's also to be a be a be a gentleman, be a human being like. If you have a goal, if there's someone you have your eye on that you'd like to pursue romantically, you don't walk up to him and go, hello, I'm interested in you in a romantic situation. It's a goal of mine. Like, you know, get to know them, talk to them, see if they feel the same way about you. You know, like, uh, and it just seems like a a normal way to do it. You you don't have to. I hate when people come up to me and uh, they just don't know. I mean, it's not their fault, but people would come up and be like, I hear you book a show. Oh, my gosh. I've been there. Well, I feel Buy me a drink first, you know what I mean? Right. So it's uh, just to be a be a polite, decent person, uh, which is doable. That's <laughs> what I'd be like. Doable. Oh, what's what's your name? Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. They'd be like, yo, when can I do your show? And I was like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> or like, just think about what do I want to say to this person that's not a request? Like, boom. It's mean to just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, for example, like if there was um, like the, the Jimmy Kimmel booker, who I know, um, she, I could never do that show when she was booking it because what the, what he wanted, why he hired her was he was like, I want to do debuts. I want, 
up and coming comedians who have never done uh, late night and I want them to do it on Jimmy Kimmel. And I couldn't do it because I'd already done Conan. But I didn't go, oh, well, I'm never hanging out with you. What is in it for me? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is a I, late night TV is my favorite thing. I know one of the bookers. It's fun to hang out with her. She has great stories. She's fun. Uh, she does a great job. So it's like to just use people like oh, everyone's in your life for a direct re- like like I think that's a terrible way to be. Um, and you can totally tell when people do that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just why would you want to live your life that way? It's like you work hard and find some cool people and it will if you're working hard and you're hilarious. It's not that no one does that and gets nothing. Totally. Not for long. I mean, you know, eventually that'll take you somewhere. Well, I think you've showed today why you are having such positive success in your career. So like early on and why it's been some people can get one opportunity, but then that that's it, you know, but you've been able to actually build on each opportunity. And I think the things you've talked about today really show why you're able to sustain such momentum and how other people can do the same positively and not like trying to manipulate, you know? Yeah. Um, you can manipulate the crowd, but ha. if you try and manipulate bookers and industry, I mean, they can, I mean, this is their job. They can, they can see it coming just like uh, anybody can at any level. Like you said, even if it's just like a local open mic booker, they can tell the difference between you being like, Oh, I'm going to get a spot versus like, Oh, you're just a cool person. Yeah. And if you go like uh, if you go to a show and just hang out there and enjoy it and have fun like you should be doing with your mm-hmm. life, like, hey, I'm a comedian. I got an open night. I'll go to this show. It's fun. I'll, you know, have a drink, support, enjoy it. Y- you know what? You know who loves that? The person who runs that show. hundred percent. Like you're way more likely. That is way more likely to get you booked than desperately in panic, like send, sending them an email and bugging them or like. And they're like, oh, you want to do my show? You've literally never been to it. Right. How bad you want to do it? You don't even know what it's like. (laughs) Right. How do you know you want to do it? You just want to use me. Like, it just, people just feel gross. And and, and obviously that works for some people. Um, And I send more emails than anybody. So it's like, but you have to know how you're coming. Just like how you have to know how you're coming across on stage. Mm -hmm. Like if everybody knows when they see you walk into a party, you're going to corner them and try and get something out of them. It's like, people don't like that. And, uh, you know, it's just like drawing the crowd in. Like, you know, people are like, "Hey, I hear you want to do. I hear there's karaoke going on later. You want to do that? That's what I like." And it's like, I, I probably am going to get along with that booker more than the booker who doesn't like it because I we both like it. We'll enjoy working together more than me and somebody who likes to, you know, more of a homebody. Yeah. So in in landing this plane, because you are home here in the A, for, I'm in the A, for a baby. Bit, so I don't want to monopolize all your time, but. You mentioned moving to L.A. with the goal of getting on Conan. Yeah. You did that within two months. Yeah. So in in closing this a little bit, one, what are your goals now and how important have goals been in continuing to ascend the ladder, if you will? Yeah, they're very important. And uh, the goals (laughs) doing Conan is uh, fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not easy, but it's it's a possible thing that I, I set clear goals for and then ended up doing. Uh, so, but the goals after that are, are harder. Um, I think, uh, obviously I'd like to stand up wise. I'd like to eventually do like a special, an album, do more late night appearances, things like that. Um, I'd also love to do 
you know, other things. I'd like to do a series of some kind. Uh, I like to have a podcast. We were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Um, I love doing podcasts. Um, and I, I do them pretty often, but I would like, I mean, I'd love to do them like every day. I think it's really fun. I love, I love that medium so much. Um, but, uh, yeah, pitching shows. Um, I love movies a lot, but I don't, I feel like shows are more kind of what I'd be interested in. Okay. Movies. I, I mean, obviously movies are great, but, uh, you I have feel a, like now you have a script, it's like, you have a pilot. You've oh written? yeah. Um, you're ready. Yeah. So getting, uh, you know, pitching to different networks and stuff and hopefully, uh, getting something picked up, but, uh, that's definitely a goal and a special and stuff. And I still haven't done an album. I know everybody has albums, but, uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah. You haven't, I'd, uh, I just want to do it in conjunction with something else. Cause I got the material, but I want it to be like, Hey, here's a thing I've done either a special or a show or some thing. And then also here's this album. If you like this, here's this thing. I just wouldn't want to do it without a, without a companion thing. Yeah. Almost give context or like something right. else for them to jump on to mm-hmm. even just a podcast. If I, right. I just don't have uh, you know, I do the stand up, but I'm also like, uh, you know, I, I want the album to be heard by as many people as can hear it. Um, so I want it to Smart. be along with something to kind of help it. Smart. Yeah. Cause I don't think it's not like comedy albums go viral. Something has to go viral. Then, Oh, I like this thing. Yeah. I'll it, get the album. It's almost just like something to have on the resume again. It's mm-hmm. like checking it off the list. It's like, oh, you, you did, I mean, like, it's not like you do Conan and then now all of a sudden you're starting to sell out Madison Square Garden. Right. You know, but it is like, oh, okay, check that off the list. Got that on the resume. Oh, got an album here. Oh, like it's being just a standup is not, doesn't seem to be enough. It's like, oh, you're funny on stage. What else? Right. What else do you do? Well, I would like to do, I mean, I like to do nothing all day. It's fun, but not every day. I'd mm-hmm. like to do nothing half the year and then half the year. I like, I like stand up at night and I'd like half of my days of my year to be filled with, uh, you know, you know, shooting something, writing something, getting, you know, things like that done. Um, but yeah, I also love having like a whole week of just nothing during the day and stand up. And I love that. Yeah. But you, you did mention in, uh, when you were talking to my class earlier, which I'll post on the Friday of this release, we'll post that as an extra podcast, yeah. but you're talking about being in the writer's room and how it's good pay, but you're literally there. Like it's a 24 seven. Oh, almost. there's a reason the pay is good. Uh huh. Cause they're squeezing every drop of funny out of you. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's great, but it is like, um, it was more work than I thought. Um, and every, everyone you talk to with a writing gig, it, you, you don't see them doing stand up as much. Cause you know, sometimes they'll work you till, you know, midnight, you know, you, like they, uh-huh. they work you. And it takes a lot out of you. You're right and right and right and right and right. And you're tired. And then you get some sleep and then you want it to be good. So sometimes I would do extra work. You know, I'm not, right. even, I'm just at home till like 3 a.m. Like getting it done so I can, you know, show them in the morning. Uh, and yeah, it is, it is a lot of work, but the, I mean, it's worth it. They pay you good, but um, it's definitely not, <laughs> it's not it's some, and, but it's different for different jobs. There's some writers you talk to you like, oh my God, my, the schedule's great. They don't, they don't work as like most writing rooms do. And, uh, they, they have more free time, but it just depends. What is it like in there? Is it a lot of bouncing around ideas or is it like you actually yeah. just physically writing? There's, there's this table session where you're bouncing around ideas and everybody's laughing and it's a lot of fun. And, uh, but it's not all that. A lot of it is, uh, uh eight hours in, in front of your computer drinking coffee. But, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, those are great gigs, but, um, and obviously I'd love to have more. I think it's, I think it's fun. I, it's, it, 
it's like we we're saying earlier, it's easier than washing dishes. True. I'll write jokes. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I had to write jokes for eight hours today <laughs> and it's only three grand a week. Right. Like, oh, yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> I can't tell my jokes in bars with my friends as much as used to because all the money I make in. It's like, what are you complaining about? Keep perspective. Yeah. Keep perspective at every point. Mm-hmm. And even like we're talking about bombing. It's like, don't take it personally. It's one show on right. one night. It's not the end of the world. Don't take yeah. it personally. Yeah. Gonna have a lot of bombs. Well, dude, this has been a long time coming. Yeah. We're now in the 150s. Whoa. And you were number Honor. two, my man. Let's pour out some water for that. <laughs> we can cheer some Fontas. Cheers. <sighs> mm. We did it. Oh. We so, out here. So uh, we're out here. Before we get out of here, is there anything else you want the world to know? Uh vote. Vote, okay. I don't know. This is going to come out after all that. But you well, vote voting. in 2020. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is coming out after the midterms? Yeah, because the midterms are like okay. tomorrow or Tuesday. All right, guys. Well, let me tell you then. You're going to hear this after the midterms. Look what you did. <laughs> Look what you know who you are. Why, come on. Really? Look at this. I'm looking at this map right now. What are you doing? Come on. I don't even know. Who, that that don't apply know to some happened. group. Yeah. Some people would be like. Some group's going to be at fault. It's like, I'm on his side. Other people are like, what is he? Why is he? He's a I jerk. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So where can they f- vote for you and follow you and support Caleb you? Caleb Sinan. C-A-L-E-B-S-Y-N-A-N. It's hard to say. I should have changed it a long time ago, but it's too late now. <laughs> Sinan. S-Y-N-A-N. Uh-huh. Look me up. If you can't remember that, just type in Caleb Conan. You can watch me on Conan and uh, follow me from there. And uh, my name's spelled right on there, so. My man. Well, Caleb, yeah, holler at me. Send me some nudes. <laughs> no, nah, don't, don't do slide that. Slide through the DM. Don't, don't send me no nudes. Any nudes after Conan? Uh, I got one by accident. I don't think it was meant for me. <laughs> I didn't understand the caption. I think she accidentally sent it to everybody on her phone instead of the person she meant to send it to. Oh. Yeah. Uh, caption didn't make any sense. It looked like it was in response. I think she was sexting with someone and accidentally did it. But uh, oh. still got to see it. You still got it, though. Yeah. My I'll man. I'll never forget. Caleb Sina, thanks for being on Hot Bread. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Send me that. We'll post it in the I show will. notes. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's illegal, but hey. <laughs> Hot Breath, everybody. Hot Breath. Oh, that was fun. Sorry for spilling. Oh, that's no there it is, Hot Breath of Verse. Ooh, Hot Breath episode 157 in the books. Holy comedy. Yo, I think my favorite part about that episode is just hearing a lot of his success comes from just being a good person. Just being cool. Just being cool to hang out with. In almost all of these interviews, that seems to be a common trait of the successful people I interview is that they're just cool. They're just easy to work with. And, you know, even some of the people I've interviewed on here who at some point I'm like, oh, why aren't they further along? They've hit all these big highs. Why haven't they hit the next level? And then you meet them or you learn just different sort of character traits of people. And you learn Hopefully from these episodes, you learn what to do and also what not to do. But that's why I like to interview all different types of comedians from all different walks of life and all different experiences so we can learn from them all, positive or negative. So thank you for tuning into this one. I would love to hear what your favorite part of it was. There's so much information in here. Holy cow. I feel like we should all just go try to get on Conan now. We'll see. You know, it's just a kid with a dream, you know? (laughs) So I'm actually looking, I'm, I'm posting this um, behind the scenes on my Patreon as well. So I was actually like talking to the camera while talking to you on the audio. 
so meta. So yeah, let me know what you think about this episode, what you learned about it, what did you find most valuable. Um, all of our social media is Hot Breath Pod. That's Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. My website, joelbyerscomedy.com, if you want to come see me live. I have a game show. This is breaking news, okay? We have Comedy the Game Show happening December 29th at the Laughing Skull Lounge here in Atlanta. Yes, you heard it here first. It's going to be a live game show, but also a podcast. I'm recording as a podcast to post on the Patreon. So pretty much what I'm saying is, we made it. <laughs> but it's thanks to you and your support and actually inspiring me to know what's possible with Hot Breath beyond just, you know, dope interviews. We can also create a lot of other dope projects. So December 29th here in Atlanta, even if you're not based out of Atlanta, you're in the uh, immediate area, which I've met some of you as I traveled around to like Tennessee and North Carolina and Florida and Alabama. Hey, make a trip of it. It's a Saturday. It's at 5 p.m. It's going to be so dope. I'm so excited about it. Oh, oh, my gosh. This is so exciting. So that all being said, you want to keep hanging out throughout this week? Hey, I post new interviews every Monday, but on Patreon, I'm posting stuff pretty much almost daily. If you liked Caleb's interview here, you would definitely love the Q&A he did with my comedy class over on Patreon. He's just, he's just a wealth of information, and when you actually meet him and get around him, you start to understand why and how he has become so successful so quickly. So he's really an inspiration for all. I hope this podcast in some way, shape, or form is an inspiration to you. You are an inspiration to me, so the more we can keep connecting and interacting, the more we can keep growing. So... That being said, let's land this plane, huh? I say we get out of here. I will link um, in the show notes the uh, the link to the live game show if you'd like to pick up some tickets. Um, also a link to the Patreon if you want to log on there and see Caleb's Q&A or me posting the behind the scenes of me even recording this and showing you my setup here at home or just a lot of dope stuff. I post the Type 5 podcasts on there as well. And I'll link that. I'll link Caleb's first interview as well in uh, the show notes here. And um, also the store. If you want to pick up some Hot Breath merch before Christmas, get on it before the shipping, you know, TikTok on the Christmas merch. So shout out to Steve Rivera. He bought a pair of socks and uh, was posting them on Facebook, which was uh, really cool to see. So if you end up, if you get something and uh, post about it, I'll be sure to repost it, share it, shout you out on here as well. You know, we're a community, we're a network, so we're all in this together. I may actually go on there and buy some stuff now that I think about it. Um, yeah, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to click the link in the show notes and go buy a hoodie. So anyway, yeah, there's hoodies, stickers, t-shirts, socks, phone cases. Anyway, let's get out of here. I love you all so much. Shout out to my engineer, Amon Garner. He's just dope. Boldcoy.com is uh, the link to his podcast network he has going on. And uh, of course, at the end of all these, I uh, am forever indebted for thanking my wife because she created the theme song for Hot Breath. So thank you, dear, for all your continued support and passive-aggressive love. And uh, Hot Breath, thank you. And um, I'll see you next Monday or... I'll see you over on the Patreon. But until then, right here on Hot Breath.